Hello. 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 First of all, I want to thank you for being my first guest at my podcast. It's called Swing Dance Diaries. And I would like to talk with you about your life as swing dancers. Mm -hmm. And you are two times world champions and European champions in Boogie Woogie. And Turbion was already champion before that. Mm. So in 2015, you decided to stop dancing. Mm -hmm. But you still stayed on as a teacher and performer as a full-time job. When you were teaching and performing, you lived in France. That's right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And not so long ago, you decided to move to Norway and you now have other jobs. Mm -hmm. So what can you tell me about that? Uh, well, yeah, that was, uh, of course, it was a new chapter in our, in our career, so to say. We, uh, we took that decision based on, uh, not because we didn't enjoy the dancing anymore, We still, we, we still adore that life we were doing with full-time teaching. However, we, uh, we really saw ourselves, try to project ourselves uh, like in a, in a bigger span and not living just year by year. And uh, yeah, we had been doing five years in, uh, in France. Uh, felt it was about time to move to Norway mm. in the first case. Uh, how it is in Norway right now and like most countries actually, There, there is just not possible to um, to live as dance teachers. Uh, there, the the environment is not ready for it. If we can say it like that, uh, we can't. Yeah, it, it just doesn't give enough uh, turnover as a dance teacher to be able to live in Norway. So the only option yeah. was living in Norway would be finding a what what normal what we would call a classical job. Normal yeah. is, is relevant. Normal but... is a bad word. I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so and um, when you decided to, to like um, look for other jobs, what were the biggest challenges, um, you know, starting in this new direction? First of all, when we were thinking about getting a regular job, we thought that it would be difficult for us since we didn't work previously as normal people, <laughs> so to say. So we did not expect to, to, to get into a regular job quickly, I have to say. Mm, uh, yeah, it, we were uh, first when we started, we tried actually to, to apply for jobs from France, but we, we quickly learned that it was very hard to do. Uh, maybe today it would have been easier to do job interviews via Skype because of the situation. However, yeah. back back then a year ago, um, we quickly realized that it wasn't really possible to get a job without having any contact. So it came to a point where... We just came, had to move. Yeah. Um, and hope for, and, for the best, actually. Best, yeah. yeah. So we, we, we sold mo most of the things we owned in France. Uh, we sold as much as we could to, to put up a good... Lump of, lump of money yeah, on the, yeah. On the side and uh, we just uh, went for it um, obviously uh, for Flora coming into uh, a new country uh, would be a little bit challenging to, to get a job um, and like she said we haven't been working in this field before so to, to hire someone who for me it was a person about 30 That hasn't been working, uh, as as you can call, haven't been working in a traditional job for my whole life. 
and Florida speaking Norwegian. That was the, the biggest difficulties, but um, we managed quite well. Flora got a job really, really quickly, like after a couple of days. Yeah, uh, that's great. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and myself, I got after um, a week or so, uh, I was lucky enough to, there was actually a company contacting me for a job um, regarding teaching or based on my history as a dance teacher, uh, they wanted to try out something. I'm working for Toyota right now, responsible for education, for, for driver licenses, uh, not the particular curriculum but uh, how to teach how to uh, hold classes for people in, at a young age um, uh, so it was really like trying to take what I have learned and been doing as a dance teacher into regular work and it it works out for now it works pretty well okay uh, that is really exciting because um, I wanted to ask like one thing is if there are any parallels you know, like features or characteristics from your job as a dancer that you are using right now. So um, teaching in as teaching as a dancer, it was like really helped you to find your new job. Yeah, for oh, me, yeah. that was for me, that was exactly the the, the thing that helped me, because uh, one thing I, is that I was, uh, first of all, what is very common when you apply for a job is if you feel confident speaking in bigger like bigger areas and speaking with several people, which is not a problem as a dance teacher. And, and since this was actually about how, like Toyota has has a very big market share in Norway when it comes to, to driver training, as we call it. However, um, the, the instructors haven't been updated for a while and the, the people who take a driver license are pretty young. So they needed someone who was a little bit closer to the target group to try to implement the way basically how to teach and how to make people understand and how to explain it and that was basically my track record within dancing was the reason for it yeah and uh, so for me i'm um, i'm a waiter in a huge hotel that's called britannia hotel and it was what i got to use from the dance teaching is of course to be able to speak in large groups and use the languages, which was really helpful since this was uh, since it's an international hotel. Yeah, also the, the thing that was was uh, what they told for for Flora's job was mostly that uh, like it is a big hotel, but it's a it's a five star hotel which has a certain like um, you need to know how to dress up nicely, how yeah. to present yourself nicely. You yeah. need to know how to wear high heel shoes if that's needed you need to uh, yeah basically be good to present yourself in front of people and this is uh, what we clearly feel helps from stage training when mm. we were dancing yeah that sounds really good and i can imagine when you like because when you stopped i think you kind of identified yourself as a dancer you know and then when you stopped did did you miss this like did you doubt yourself a little bit because you did it for such a long time and yeah uh, dancing has been our main thing for many years so it was kind of our comfort zone so of course when you jump into something new it doesn't feel the same you it's um, new things to learn um, you need to adapt yourself in new situations but um, it takes a bit of time to adapt yourself to something new, but then it becomes 
fine, I guess. Yeah, more, <laughs> more like natural. I, I, yeah. I totally agree that it's if it if we weren't scared or if we weren't kind of like insecure, uh, that would be a not so normal process of it. Yeah. I would say because mm-hmm. we we were in a different situation. However, uh, we both of us have always been like we we try to take on challenges head on, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that uh, it doesn't have to feel a hundred percent perfect from day one yeah. because it's it's uh, it gives hopes that that doesn't really exist. I would say mm-hmm. so. Um, yes, we we felt maybe the first couple of months. It was a little bit easier than we expected this transition of the life as a dancer shortly can be like you're normally teaching when other people are not at work because that's the amount of people that take classes is the one who we give classes mostly to people who has regular jobs. So uh, a dance teacher normally teaches in the evenings, in the weekends. Mm-hmm. And our transition, we were thinking the hardest would be that we have to go to bed early and wake up early. Yeah. Um, that part was actually easier. However, the thing we, we really miss is the, the traveling and uh, this kind of, the, the fantastic thing with, with dancing as we expect, uh, we see, is this fantastic positivity around it. Like mm. it's, it's a happy dance when you're teaching, everyone is, they're learning a new skill and they're super happy and you have music which creates kind of like an ambience. Yeah. Uh, this part we really missed, uh, especially in the beginning, because the at work it's it's more like that <laughs> was say work. You you go there, you do your job, you are positive, but you don't have this good feel vibe around yeah. in the room. So that part we we really missed in the beginning. I was thinking uh, we we can't we can't uh, continue with just doing this. We need to have some teaching and some events. Yeah, or, we need some kind of harmony in our life because teach, uh, dancing is our biggest passion. It was really important to to keep it. Yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of things that you miss, obviously, but, you know, are there some things that you don't miss at all? Uh, yeah, we can, that we can, we can talk about uh, that for a long time. <laughs> actually, like, for example, weekends... Uh, having this regular weekend, you know, when you you finish work on Friday and thinking, oh, yeah, now it's Friday, it's weekend. Yeah, I I would say that you get kind of, um, what would I say, that teachers uh, and dancers uh, generally, they tend to stick to each other because they live the same lifestyle. And I think personally that it's, it's healthy to not only have all the eggs in the same basket and have all your friends within the dance community and so not live in your own bubble and exactly exactly and what happens here is that when you are a dancer basically you only have friends within the dancing scene because uh, those are the only one living the 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 same life as you because if you have you, you you can have friends outside which is possible as well but every time if you ask can do you want to go out for for drink or, or something it's like oh no I, I have to work tomorrow because what mm. we had we were this kind of dance teachers who mainly did workshops and weekend events so mm. our our days off would be tuesday wednesday and uh, tuesday and wednesday would be our days off where we would like 
prefer to go out and have a late night out and we would never be available in weekends mm. so we kind of felt that we had quite uh, the distance we had with our friends from high school and and junior high became bigger as dancers and that we actually are getting back now in in a wonderful way so that's I don't miss that part, but it's it's nice to see that um, yeah that we you can live both ways. I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and and do you still have like really tight friendships with some of the dancers that you like spend so much of your time with the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, are we talking now the last couple of weeks? Or are we gonna, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean when you were still um as you, when your full time job was a dancer and performer. Yeah. Well, yes, obviously the the community in Norway is is really tiny, so we didn't have the possibility to to travel as much, but we still stay in contact both on on telephone, on social media. Mm -hmm. We are frequently like uh, basically every week in contact with with some of our closest friends that we really got close to at least uh, especially in the period from 15 when we retired until 19 when we uh, moved back to Norway those four years we we got really close to a couple of our friends and we we stay quite frequently in touch with them mm -hmm. okay so you said like um in boogie boogie there is this big sense um of community um and i want to ask you about one thing you know when you were still um competing um, there was always this huge um, team aspect, you know, like um, countries like Norway, Sweden or France, mm -hmm. when they were at a competition, they had huge mass of fans and a big team that they were supporting each mm -hmm. other. And so nowadays, when you think of um, like Stuttgart, it becomes less every year, you know, um, this kind of team aspect or warming up on the stage. You know, we, we used to have this big circles each country so not austria because we, we were always small but they're like france and norway sweden so why do you think that this gets less and less oh because you are you are, you still know the competition scene from today yeah. so maybe you saw this development yeah yeah we have we have been following actually pretty closely try like secretly <laughs> secretly from the sidelines we have been actually trying to follow it uh, one thing because we've been teachers and and trying to help out a couple of uh, couples succeed in the scene. Uh, however, yeah, we have noticed a, a different, call it a, a culture change, um, so to say. I uh, I don't know if I have any answers on why it's like that. Uh, I think it's... There's uh, many possibilities. Yeah. Well, uh, this transformation yeah firstly <laughs> i think that the the biggest transformation is that now um the dancing boogie woogie as a as a dance has grown very very big so uh, but not only on competitions but yeah, it's yeah. socially mostly aspect, yeah. yeah which kind of get this you get this band this this connections between uh, countries, yeah. so this uh, nationalistic uh, feeling disappears a little bit. Um, that so normally when you if you if you warm up, you want to spend time with those you feel most comfortable with. And maybe ten years ago or eight years ago, uh, the one you trained the most with would be um, 
the people in your own country or your own club and so on and it creates this kind of unity together however now most most of the dance teachers are, are, are spread worldwide and they meet mm. they train basically for themselves because they are top they are teachers so they train basically alone and the people they are closest to are the are their colleagues they are meeting on workshops uh, which is not from the same country exactly mm. uh, so it gets a little bit more like the individual thing um I think that takes a little bit, bit uh, the charm away from the sport, if I would say, because even if there was like these groupings, and I understand that countries like, like Austria didn't have a very, very big team, but it, it gives, uh, for me, it gives some a kind of a, a historical, like a, an aspect of it, like a charming aspect of, of the competition that you have like national teams. You can see in, in football yeah. as well, you, uh, in football, when you have the World Cup in football, uh, when Germany is playing or France or Norway, Norway has never been in the championships, we're not good enough, but uh, when the other teams are playing for the World Cup, it's a very big nationalistic feeling among the, the people in the in the country. Mm. Like people that don't even look football, they're like, oh yeah, France were winning or, or Germany or Austria were winning. So I, I kind of miss that. I think that we have lost a little bit of that identity, but that's that's just my opinion. How important was having this team behind you when you were competing? Because I felt that you always enjoyed having this big team behind you when you were dancing. Yeah, it's uh, the feeling it gives you while being on this competition day gives you so much confidence. And it's incredible how as a competitor you can you can feel lonely, but at the same time having this team around bring you so much positivity. Yeah. It's just like one big ball of joy, you know, that yeah. uh, not everyone perform at their best in a competition day, but having a team around is, is kind of like a huge safety net. Um, people supporting you, people... Believing in you. Yeah. So yeah. That for us, it was a fantastic thing because even if we didn't, like, if we didn't perform as well as we wanted to do, um we always had a team around cheering for us backing us up trying to, yeah basically avoided like the, the thing with big with athletes is that uh being an athlete yourself you know that when you haven't delivered your best uh it's very easy to go in that that dark line and think like oh what did i do and start overthinking and then it's great to have a team backing you up so it's mm -hmm. like a, the, the 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 ball of positiveness you get from a team, it's, it's uh, really, really important, I think. Okay, so the team was like this extra great thing that could help you as a competitor. Yeah. Um, and so what were like your biggest challenges when you were still competing that you had to face? Like, was it um, your own expectations or other competitors that you were like in competition with? Or what did you really, what was really hard for you? Mm. That's a, that's a good question. I think that for me, the, the um, one thing is I always put uh, enormous amount of pressure on myself, uh, uh, trying to do uh, the things I, I wanted to do. And I, later on in my career, like you said earlier, I, I already won uh, before dancing to with Flora. Uh, there was some kind of expectations and and the, and the hardest part of, of um 
of a dance dancer or an athlete anyway is to come to a point where you have to accept that not every day is going to be your best day mm -hmm. and kind of when you are especially in dancing which is uh, such a visual media uh, what you're performing one day or if you do a competition you know that it's going to be worldwide on tv on internet and so on and people is going to analyze it from from right to left they're going to see it a hundred or two hundred, three hundred times uh, until the next competition. So basically when you come to the next competition, everyone would compare, oh, but that was not as good as last time, or what did they do, or, or are they out of shape? Uh, uh, basically, you, you feel that you have to deliver better every single time, which is, is nearly impossible, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. Also, it was uh, kind of, the time goes so fast, and yet so slow because there is, you imagine what you want to, to do and what you want to create and things takes time and at the same time competition comes every yeah. two, three months. And, so, and, you, and you get these expectations that everyone wants you to take this, these giant leaps yeah. towards getting better between every, like sometimes we had competitions every other week. And then two weeks after the first competition, oh, but you haven't improved so much as I know, but if you think that we've been traveling, we've been teaching, we have um, we have been resting, uh, preparing for a competition. We basically had like six and a half hours of training for two weeks. And then you feel that you are expected that you should take a giant leap of dancing. And everyone who's done dancing knows that it's a very technical sport. And yeah. a technical sport demands a lot of time for perfectioning. So yeah, expectation, I guess. Yeah. Expectation from people. Uh, and well, and ourselves. Flora, I always wanted to ask you, um, so before the World Championship um, in 2014, it was your first yeah. competition as well, which is like really super yeah. exciting. <laughs> How did you cope with the pressure? I remember having this feeling like it was my very first competition ever, uh, while I had already some kind of experience yeah. before that, but it was really something special. Um, I guess, so a month before the, the competition, we had crazy amount of training every single day, um, dancing-wise and also physically and mentally. So I will say that we are very well prepared for this competition. Uh, we had planned how we should feel and how most of the rounds should look like. So it was nothing was like a huge surprise for me. The only part that was um, special was the environment and having a lot of people around looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> so you could actually, um, you know, because I think when your mind is going crazy, you cannot really... Did you have like methods? You, you thought of something or you you did like some so uh, some special thing that helps you when you get really no, nervous actually uh, i was lucky enough to have our coach yoinga with us the the day of the competition which was really he's a very calm guy um which helps a lot to have calm people around you it's kind of help you to <laughs> stay focused stay focused and 
Yeah, and I mean, Torbjorn has so much experience in this competition world also as uh, a previous world champion. So he was um, a great help mentally. And he was just very supportive with me throughout the whole day. So it felt very, very fine. I, I felt very safe. I think that also what we did uh, back that it was the first competition. I knew it was the first competition of Flora uh, with me. And uh, we, for like Flora said the previous month before, we we tried to visualize as much as we could the competition. We 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 knew because it was in Norway and I've been competing there before uh, in a national competition. So I knew how it would look like. And we, I think when you come there, we, we kind of, uh, we kind of took our emotions away from the from the day we we decided that this is how we're gonna do it and then we just practiced on doing it in that way so that yeah. maybe it takes away a little bit of the charm i think also because you you don't really sit down and and take into all emotions but being that such a big thing we we chose that okay we we're gonna basically we had a almost a plan for everything like we 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 ate, we had a time schedule, and we knew how much time before each round we needed to to get ready, when to dress up. So yeah. we tried to plan everything else thing from we woke up uh, until the end of the day. Yeah. the end of the day, and that was basically our way to try to avoid getting too emotionally affected because that's. That's normally what that can create uh, fantastic things when you get uh, emotionally engaged, and also it can it can also break down an athlete if you if things doesn't go as as you wanted. So we we tried basically to to be uh, emotionless during the day. Of yeah. course, the after competition, everything. Yeah, we we plan <laughs> we plan until the end of the competition after the end of the round, the fast final. But after that, we didn't plan so much. Now, when you look back, was um, winning this world championship like this the most mm -hmm. memorable moment for you? Or are there any other moments that when you think of your career yes. as competitors together, is was this the one moment you will always uh, remember? Being the first competition and all, uh, it will always come back to, to like, oh, this fantastic experience. However, I personally, I... I would say that I it's not the competition I actually remember the most competing with Flora. The the thing is that you don't know what to expect, and and also even if you are winning or not winning, you come to a question. You always question yourself and and like, did we deserve the win? Why did we win? Which mm -hmm. is the like you kind of start second guessing yourself, even if that's not. Uh, that's why you have the team for to not second guess, but. Yeah. Uh, Everyone knows that the the day I was um, the the moment when we got uh, the the result and the the first place. Uh, everyone could see that it was very surprising for us. We we did not expect it at all, especially me, uh, knowing how many of my colleagues had experience within this field. Yeah. I, th I think mostly that if we're gonna take if we're gonna take forward one competition that I think matter like emotionally to for us, 
it would be um two months later we had the european championship in germany yeah regensburg in regensburg yeah. and the the thing is that we did the competition in norway we won uh, we followed up a competition a couple of weeks after we came fourth uh and at that time actually we felt that we deserved the win actually the the way we we wanted to dance and how we thought we thought actually we're gonna we're gonna win the one that was mm. I, th I think it was actually in austria it was in yes so that made us really think like wow, wow did we get that win in norway because all the things then than our performance so we we kind of we wanted to to really show that we deserved that top so we tried to we changed a little bit to stock it out which was a couple of months after world championship we tried to yeah one thing is that we prepared as we did for world championship but we tried much more to let the emotions go mm. we uh, we wanted to show our our audience we wanted to show our colleagues our dancing competitors colleagues that we we actually deserve to be in the top uh, and we felt that that competition in regensburg when we came there we uh, we danced much yeah. more with emotions we were much more happy with the with one thing we were happy with what we delivered but we 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 felt like uh, we we felt like we were doing things that we wanted to do and emotional wise it was a much bigger relief and i will always personally remember that competition yeah after you stopped you still stayed on as teachers and um, I read on one of your Instagram posts, you wrote about um, teaching yeah. and what you love about it. So what do you think uh, you want to tell the next generation of dancers? What is the most important thing? The thing we do, I, I really feel that we are like the, the old generation right now. That's, <laughs> that's just how it is. But um, always stay true to uh, your hopes and dreams. Basically, uh, nothing is impossible. And... Uh, if you truly love what you're doing you uh, you uh, you can't really go wrong no matter which kind of style you do which kind of country you yeah. represent um as long as you find your your own concept that works for your partner and you anything is possible so for those who have taken our classes uh, we try in in we really love what we do uh, when we teach and we try to pass on the the knowledge we have and um, the joy of learning the joy mm -hmm. of of experimenting with the dancing and what we really would like the the newer generation is that uh, it has been uh, which is natural to like you're, you're looking at the best dancers and and you try to do what they are doing and it's been like that since forever but uh, remember that those the best dancers today became best not because they were copying others mm -hmm. but because they were getting inspiration for from from many many dancers um, yeah. i remember i did the same when i when i started really really young uh, when i started in my early ages i i always used like einan jorgen was the world champions at that time and and Andreas and Jessica from Sweden and Marcus and Barbel came back from the States after doing a lot of Lindy Hop. So I didn't follow one particular path, but 
yes, I danced a little bit more similar to one couple, maybe for a couple of months, and then I changed because I liked them and I didn't really find my path. But uh, with that inspiration for so many great teachers and great dancers, I I did my direction and with Flora, we found our direction. So uh, instead of thinking that other people are doing like this so we have to do the same we try to, to what if asking yourself what if yeah exactly what if we what if you think like this but you're doing it in the way that feels best for you yeah. so instead of copying uh, others we try to give them um, the options those yeah. like you have your base concept and then what if and based on somebody else how can you incorporate? Uh, you know, there's so many inspiration out there with so many yeah, great so dancers, many dancers out there. Uh, with so many different styles. It's very easy to get lost in it. And what um, what did help you to find your own your your own style? You know, because I think it's a there are a lot of good dancers who are already pretty good, but still they they can't find the way to to have their own style and everybody is maybe telling them that they need something more special but it's it's just really hard you cannot really describe how to that, get it then i have to so, say that what what is special because uh, special to me is what is uh, is what lies your heart closest yeah. what is what is it that you want and that that for me is special if that means that you're only dancing uh, kind of let's say uh, this 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 bad term that's been using in dancing when that you dance like a robot, but dancing like a robot uh, for some sport or for some dance styles is the perfect way of doing it. So I think that you need to find. I think instead of thinking, what can I do that is special? You you need to to visualize the the thing that you think is aesthetically beautiful and also the feeling you want to get in your dance yeah and that can really uh, show you the the way of of going through mm -hmm. your own direction i would say yeah and and also the the style a style is only created uh, by the amount of followers around it so basically everything can be a style uh, if you if you have pink t-shirts, wearing pink t-shirts, for example, it will not become a style unless a lot of people say, oh, pink t-shirts are really cool. And then everyone wear, wear pink t-shirts and then that's a style. Mm -hmm. But before that, it was just a pink t-shirt. And it's a little bit like that in, in dancing. It's that uh, very often I, I hear dancers uh, talk firstly about, ah, oh, but I need a little bit more style on my stuff. I, I, I like this. I would like to, to style up my things, yeah. but I think that is, that's starting in the wrong end because you styling up things means that you're just trying to f see someone you like and try to copy it mm -hmm. instead of actually working with the, with the things you have. And then that becomes your style, I would say. Yeah. I have one more question, <laughs> um, maybe two more questions. <laughs> Um, did it like when you started in a new direction with a new job, did it like um, feel fresh to, you know, when you meet new people, they didn't know that you were maybe a dancer before? Because 
I think there are so many more aspects to a person than, you know, just maybe dancing. Like that you can talk about other oh, stuff yeah, as well, yeah, not only dancing. Uh, well, I, I think that's something we missed really... in our life. Uh, that's wonderful to, uh, I don't get me wrong, I, I really love the, the dancing scene and, and people around, but uh, to have conversations uh, about things that matters that's for it. the rest of the population, that that's, feels good. And it, it, it was a real day, especially when we're going to work now and and no one has ever heard about us or know who we are. And and then if you say, oh, well, what, are, what do you like to do in your spare time? No, I like to dance. I'm, I'm dancing. Oh, yeah, what do you dance? Oh, I, I'm dancing, like, it's, it's called swing dancing. Oh, never heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's, but it, it's fun to, to, it's fun to experience the outside of the bubble that we haven't actually seen for for, yeah. for many many it's years it's to to hear that there's so much more things that matter to to people than just connection clothes yeah <laughs> um okay. shoes like yeah, good dance shoes you will, you will hear a little typical here in the dance movie, like oh my god have you seen those dance shoes they are so wonderful and, it, and it feels so great. They feel so great, and then we're like, if you go to the general population, like when you go to work, is that they couldn't care less about if the dance shoes were blue or gray or black. Uh, so that that's that's uh, that's fun actually to to uh, to communicate with people outsiders, but uh, we still feel very close to the dancing though. Uh, you decided to um, look for mm -hmm. um, like traditional jobs. Um, because the environment for dance teachers was not given. So, you know, if the environment would be there, do, would you go back to dance teachers full time? Uh, actually, we, we, I think we already had this kind of discussion before and we are not closed minded. Like right now for us, it feels right to have a, re a regular job, seven to three job uh, and have some weekends where we can travel to teach and do our passion mm -hmm. but maybe why not in the future going back to it but it's, it's really yeah. not planned we are being too close-minded doesn't really suit us like that so it's yeah. um we we don't want to exclude any options yeah we did this uh, if if it was possible to live as dance so... teachers uh full-time now with a decent salary uh, why we, not why why not yeah. well, i would say but it's not um right now we feel yeah. having a great great lifestyle it feels it, it feels in harmony for us so for now it's it's uh, the way it is yeah okay so uh thank you so much <laughs> it was a little bit longer than i expected yes. but thank i hope time. that's okay with you you are two great people and amazing and I, I hope a lot of people will get to know you a little bit better if Thank they you, listen to the first episode. Really, really fun for us. Yeah, and, and good luck with your with your podcast and we will look forward to hear from the other guests you will have. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much bye -bye. and bye. have a nice day.